All right. How's it going, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Forward Thinking Podcast. If you don't know, Forward Thinking is a podcast about people building great companies and their visions of the future and how the two collide. And today, we have an awesome guest with us. We have Leah Culver of Breaker. Leah, how's it going? Hi, Matt. It's going great. Awesome. How's your day going? It's near the end of the week. Anything exciting going on for the weekend? Uh, no, I, you know, it's, it's been raining um, for the past week or so in San Francisco. It's probably going to keep raining. Um, I don't have any big plans. Um, I'm going to play a poker game tonight, but no, no big weekend plans. All right, cool. I used to play a lot of poker, but I was never very good. So hence I stopped because I didn't like losing money. So <laughs> That's a good reason to stop. I'm not very good. I think I'm pretty insensitive to losing money though. So or at least it doesn't bother me too much. I, I consider it a, a money well spent on a game. So Yeah, absolutely. Well, cool. Well, let's go into it. So first, you're, you're the CTO and co-founder of, of Breaker. Uh, tell, us, uh, tell us a little bit about Breaker. What is it? Sure. Um, Breaker is an app for listening to podcasts, um, specifically an iOS app, um, though we're thinking about Android in the future and, and working towards that. Um, and the idea and what makes it different from other podcast listening apps, obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you're listening on a podcast listening app. Um, what makes it really different is the, it, it's more contemporary. So I think of traditional podcast apps being like productivity apps, right? Like you have this goal to like, listen to a podcast, you listen to that podcast and you're done. But with breaker, we're much more, um, something like Instagram, like more social. So you can listen to your podcast in breaker that you wanted to hear, but you can also like that episode. You can comment on it. You can share it with friends, both in the app or on Twitter and Facebook, sort of really have more interactivity um, around um, podcasts and episodes. Um, and one of the things that this helps with is we use um, all of that data, specifically like liking of episodes to recommend um, great episodes um, to you as well. So if you like a certain type of episode, we'll recommend other episodes for you. If you have friends on the app, we'll tell you, here's what your friends are listening to. Yeah, it's uh, I, I can attest to anyone listening. It's a great app because it's the it's my podcast player of choice, and it, I, I like I, I, when you think about Breaker. It's cool because it's kind of focused on on podcast discovery. So I discover new podcasts podcasts all the time, which is which is pretty great. I'm curious, going back just a little bit, how did you how did you come up with Breaker, and like what was the motivation behind getting started on a company like that? Yeah, that's a great question, Matt. And thanks for for being such a you know a fan of Breaker and a user of the app. Um, really appreciate it. Um, the idea came from so I started listening to podcasts. Kind of, I'm I'm really a mainstream user. I started listening in 2016 with Serial, so I think that's pretty typical. It was the most popular podcast of all time. Um, I had heard about it from friends, and so I started listening using the the Apple Podcast app. Um, and when I got to the end of listening to Serial. I thought, well, this is great. I like listening to podcasts. This really, you know, I was running a lot at the time and I would listen while I would go for runs. I was like, well, what am I going to listen to now when I'm running? I want to keep listening to podcasts. So I checked out Apple's directory and tried to find some things there. Um, but I wasn't really finding anything um, that I really enjoyed. So I ended up asking a lot of friends what they were listening to and getting recommendations that way. And that's sort of where the initial idea for Breaker came from is I wanted to see, instead of just having to ask my friends what they're listening to, I wanted to actually 
sort of see what they were listening to in the same way that, you know, in Spotify, I can see what music they listen to or in Twitter, I can read what articles they're reading. I wanted to get that same sort of feeling for podcasts. Um, and I think, I think we've done a pretty great job of accomplishing that. So it's really fun to see what uh, my friends are all listening to on Breaker. All right, absolutely. And remind me, you, I know you started it somewhat recently, but can you give it around what year and what, what month did you, did you start Breaker? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. So um, it's hard for me to exactly say because we started it in a weird way. So my co-founder is uh, Eric Berlin, and we started Breaker almost three years ago now, um, but it started as a side project. We started working on it um, just as like nights and weekends as like an idea. Hey, we, we want to build something. We ended up working on it that way for about nine months. So we had day jobs. I was working at Dropbox and Eric worked at Instacart. And we were just doing this very much on the side. And then at some point when we had enough users and had enough traction and sort of had an app built, we said, okay, let's do this full time. And so we quit our day jobs and we were accepted into Y Combinator, did Y Combinator. We raised a seed round of funding. Um, and that was all happened in March. So we launched in March of 2017 publicly, but we'd been around for about a year before then working on it as a side project. Um, so that's almost three years now total, but two years of being like a real company. All right. Absolutely. If you think back to when you first started working on it three years ago, how has your how has the vision for it changed or, uh, from, from three years ago to now? Do you see different potential in what you're working on? Like, how has it changed since you've been working on it? Yeah, we've, we've had a lot of different ideas. I think the core idea we still really strongly believe in. I mean, Eric and I basically tested it with our friends. So we got our friends to all sign up and then said, is this fun? And a lot of them, you know, most of our friends are still using the app today. So people really love it once they get into it. It becomes their podcast player of choice and they, and they stick with it and, and love using the app. Um, but then beyond that, we've started sort of experimenting in other areas. So we just this summer launched a product called Breaker Upstream. Um, and it's a way for podcasters to sort of charge money for their podcasts instead of selling ads and having listeners have to listen to ads. Yeah, as a podcaster, you can actually sell either an episode, like a single episode, which could be like a bonus episode, an extended interview, um, some behind the scenes um, tape, that sort of thing, or it could be um, an entire um, paid subscription. So we have um, one of the examples is like an ad free version of your existing um, podcast and you could charge, you know, two ninety nine a month or something like that. Um, you can sort of choose your prices um, within Breaker Upstream to sort of sell, sell podcasts. So that's really something that's quite different. There's not really anybody else doing that right now. Um, and we're also working on a, a partnership with Patreon to be able to let um, patrons listen to exclusive content within Breaker as well. So those two, those two things are pretty, pretty different <laughs> than sort of what we start off with, which is a listening app. But because um, our listening, but because we have this listening app, we can sort of offer a way to sort of have exclusive content or exclusive podcasts in a way that it's difficult otherwise to do. Yeah, absolutely. I can't imagine how invaluable something like Upstream is going to be for future podcasters, especially as podcasting is on the rise, which is definitely, definitely good for Breaker. 
So one last question in terms of in terms of Breaker itself and transitioning a little bit into the future. If you look out five, 10, 15 years, what would you say is your vision for Breaker? What do you want it to look like in 10 years or even longer past that? We're still really early in podcasting, in my opinion. I think we're just starting to see podcasting become popular. Um, and it's it keeps growing every year, but we haven't had this huge... It's not like everyone is listening to podcasts. Um, so I think over the next 10 years, we're going to see that happen, right? Everyone's sort of discovering podcasting as this medium and something that they could listen in the car and listen you know, when they're working out, listen on airplanes. All these times when you... Not you can't necessarily be looking at a screen. Who knows with self-driving cars, maybe people will watch movies in their car, but I doubt it. I think they'll still want to sort of have some sort of attention um, on the road. Or you know, if I'm going for a run, there's not much else I can do other than listen to to something. Um, so there's all these times in people's lives when they could be um, enjoying a podcast. For example, I just did my laundry today. And whenever I'm folding laundry, I listen to podcasts now because I'm like, oh, this used to be such a boring chore. And now... I can at least have something to keep me entertained while I'm, while I'm doing chores. And I think we're going to see more and more of that. And one of the reasons I think so is because we're seeing the hardware side of things advance so quickly. So for example, AirPods are sort of the hot um, Christmas gift this year, but are very popular. And, and the reason is they're so easy, right? You can just sort of push, put them in and they, they, they work, they connect to your audio and you can just start listening. Whereas before you'd have to like untangle your headphone cords and get everything set up. Or if you had Bluetooth, you had to wait for it to pair. Um, so now having this like instantly pairing Bluetooth headphones makes listening to audio super accessible and easy. And we're also seeing that in other places. Um, in the car, for example, more cars have Android Auto or CarPlay um, or other systems that easily connect uh, via Bluetooth and make it much easier to listen to on-demand content instead of listening to terrestrial radio. Um, and then the same is true for the home. So things like the Amazon Echo um, and, uh, you know, Google Home and these sort of speakers that play in your house that are smart speakers, but having those in all the rooms of your house. Um, I only have one speaker right now. I don't even have my whole house wired up. <laughs> um, but, you know, they're affordable speakers that work really well um, and better ways to play back audio have really helped um, sort of increase the um, desire to have sort of more on-demand audio. So I think podcasts are, are growing as a result of the hardware, but also as a result of the content. So at post serial, so serial was this great, um, this great audio drama, um, true story, true crime, um, and I think it inspired a lot of content producers to create their own um, podcasts or to be more serious about, hey, there's like a real business here. There's real content that can be made. And, and that's not saying that everything that comes out now is true crime. There are a lot of really great true crime shows, but, um, you know, people are doing interview sh shows such as yourself or they're doing news like the, the New York Times Daily has just become super popular. And that's that's very new um, show the daily um, having like a daily the idea of having a daily news show that you can flip on anytime you want you don't have to tune in at a certain hour but it's sort of on demand audio um, and so sort of the way I, I see it is the way that things have gone with uh, the cord cutter generation and us sort of not 
like I, I don't even own I don't I don't have cable I don't pay a dime to Comcast or Time Warner or anybody like that I basically just have an internet connection um, and Netflix and HBO and Hulu right so having all these like on-demand streaming services just feels natural so why would I listen to terrestrial radio when I could have sort of the same experience in in audio yeah I can a hundred percent get behind Netflix just owning everything I, <laughs> I just started very late in the game very late but I just started to watch House of Cards and oh my gosh what a great what a great show <laughs> I, I thoroughly enjoy it yeah yeah so that was a really long-winded answer but you know I spent a lot of time thinking about audio and media and how media will be consumed in the next decade yeah yeah absolutely I, I mean speaking about the next decade Oh, as you know, and as the listeners of this show know, this, this, this podcast is largely about the future and what could it be and what are people doing today to, to will the future to be like what they want it to be. So I'm, I'm curious, outside of just audio or, or podcasts, what, what are some areas of technology or innovation or sectors that you're looking to uh, that you that you think is going to be innovated on the next 10, 15, 20 years? And what do those innovations look like? It could be anything in education, healthcare, government, technology, future of work. Like, is there anything that's being done today that you think is going to change everything in, in 10, 20 years? And if so, can you can you give us some examples, get, get inside your brain a little bit? Sure. Well, I can tell you my secret passion, which is for city tech. So I live in San Francisco, which is a pretty dense urban area. And I think in the next 10 years, we're going to basically see our cities transformed. Um, what makes me think about this is actually, so, so Lyft and Uber have been absolutely transformative in the way that people get around in cities. Um, the fact that you don't need to own a car, you don't need to rely on public transit, but you can have an on-demand um, sort of car service is quite amazing. Um, and then also recently um, having scooters for the very short distance um, and, and rentable bicycles um, for the, the shorter distance commutes um, has just been a game changer. And I'm actually very disappointed in San Francisco for putting such strict regulations on scooters and bikes because I think they're absolutely going to be the future of cities. I think that expecting everyone to own and drive a car within city limits is absurd. Um, it's just crazy. So I think we're going to see a lot of transformation, both in sort of like the transit that people are using to move throughout cities, but then the infrastructure to accommodate that as well. So, you know, as more people are walking and biking and um, sort of taking advantage of these other options, um, we'll be seeing more space made um, for those modes of transit. I'm curious, driving, uh, diving a little more into that, uh, this morning I was watching, or I was listening to an interview with Kara Swisher and Keith Raboy, I believe is how you pronounce mm -hmm. his last name, and they were talking about a similar thing in that, in that Keith thinks that within, I think it was like within 20 years or within 30 years, regardless of the time frame, there will be a time where in cities there will, there will be a time that no one drives cars. There will either be these different forms of transportation or it will all be autonomous how do you think that is that is in our future? And if so, like how quick do you think that's going to be a reality for, for big cities? I think it's already happening. I haven't mm -hmm. owned a car for seven years. Wow. So, Thanks. yeah. <laughs> so, and I'm pretty, I would say I'm an early adopter. <laughs> like I'm an early adopter on everything. So if something, if I do something and it sticks, 
Um, I am, I'm what I call the most mainstream early adopter. Um, so I'm someone who gets into things early, but I'm very representative, I think, of the typical person, um, right? Like my interests are too outside the norm for sort of my demographic. So when I, you know, I, I abandoned my car seven years ago. I haven't owned a car since. Um, and I have no regrets. It's one of the best decisions I ever made in my life. Um, it's so much more affordable. And this was pre-Lyft and Uber. I gave up owning a car. So now it's just, there's so many options. It's so easy. And cars just don't make sense. It's like, why drive a car when you don't need to? It's just crazy. Yeah, I hear that. Absolutely. So, so you're very passionate about city tech. I, I definitely understand that. Is there maybe one other sector that is something that, that you get passionate about or something that interests you on how that it will change in the future? Or are you pretty focused on, on those two sectors in audio and city tech? Audio, city tech is just an interest of mine. I, I'm not actually doing a ton of work in that area other than, you know, being an advocate and uh, for, you know, safer streets for pedestrians and bicyclists and folks on scooters. Um, you never know if this podcast ever gets big. Someone listening could, could say, you know what, I'm going to, I want to, I'm going to get rid of my car and you could influence tons of people to get rid of their cars. So as a byproduct of this podcast, you could be helping cities. If so. you live in a city, get rid of your car. Like there's there no is. need, lift an Uber, <laughs> take it everywhere. You know, it, it's so much cheaper too. You know, you think it's, but like, I don't have any car insurance. I don't have car maintenance. It's, it's great. Yeah. I don't even, it's just one less thing to worry about. The, the problem is we as humans spend a lot of time worrying about things and thing management. I don't remember who said that. That's a quote from someone. Hmm. Spend, we spend a lot of time on things and thing management, which gives us no joy in our life, right? No one gets joy from getting an oil change for their car. So it, it, in, in a way, I try and optimize my life for things that I take enjoyment out of and owning a car is not one of them. Um, yeah. So yeah. you were asking what other sort of things yeah. I'm interested in. Um, I'm trying to think of another category that I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about fitness as well, though I'm definitely not an expert in the space. Um, I've been running on a regular basis for, oh, I'm trying to think how many years now, maybe like five or six years now I've done, you know, a handful of marathons and half marathons and things like that. And, um, so I am a, I'm, I'm passionate about sort of like health and fitness as well. Yeah, absolutely. That kind of ties into maybe we should be walking, biking, taking scooters a little bit more often. It's also much better for our health and the environment. Yeah, definitely. Especially the latter there. there there's a lot of benefits just going outside and walking or scootering or whatever, taking a form of transportation. Yeah, just getting fresh air in general is great. Well, I'm saying this because I've been cooped up in my house for like four days because it's just been pouring rain here mm. so yeah i'm a little jealous i, I would rather be <laughs> rather have some nice weather and be outside yeah well hopefully it'll pass soon hopefully it'll pass soon well a quick uh i have one other question about um the the future and more so actually companies that you think are, are pretty unknown now to the general public that that you think you're gonna be the, the next Apples, Googles, Facebooks, like Teslas, like what, what are companies that are doing that are, that are so forward thinking today that you think that they're going to be the, the next big five in a decade or two? Like what are some of those companies? Oh gosh, I wish I could predict that. Um, I mean, there's, there's startups at every sort of phase um, and it's much, much easier to see the closer they sort of get to 
at different scales, right? So is there anything that people don't know about that I think is just going to be a huge deal? I'm trying to think if there's like an app on my phone or anything that I just am really, really passionate about. There's nothing at the moment. So it's, I'm always on the lookout for things that I'm like, oh, this is really different and transformative. And over the past few years, there have been a few things. I think maybe the only thing right now that's kind of interesting is like TikTok, if you're thinking about things that sort of have the potential to sort of reach mainstream scale um, that are new-ish, but I don't even know how new that is. I'm trying to think of things that are newer than that. Um, This is a hard question for me because I feel like when there's an obvious answer, I get really excited about it. I'm like, oh, there's this really hot new thing. You have to try it. Um, But at the moment, I'm kind of at a loss. I mean, of course, you have to try Breaker. I think podcasts are are a big deal, but I can't be that (laughs) self-promoting. I'll be I'll be that promoting for you. I'll be the promoter for you. Yeah, no, no worries. I just I, I feel like there's always like no one expects the net like like I was listening, I think it was the same podcast as today, and they were talking about Yahoo and when Yahoo mm-hmm. was was their dominant self. Like no one expected two like kids uh, to come and just 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 totally uproot the system and that's exactly what happened and that's and that's just happened over and over in Silicon Valley and now and now in other geographies as well so it's just something yeah. I always like to ask because it's just okay I thought of one while we were talking so All I'm right, let's hear interested it. in Peloton they're not a small company by any means and right now they're kind of confined to sort of like they have like their bicycle and they just have like just launched a treadmill and I haven't been following the company that closely because I'm not their target audience their target audience is folks who do live in a geographical area where it's more difficult to get out to sort of fitness classes here in San Francisco, everyone like goes to fitness classes instead of doing stuff at home. And also, you know, people in San Francisco are generally fairly fit and aren't necessarily embarrassed to go out to a fitness class. Um, But I think there's a huge audience of folks who love the option of having like a more convenient way to work out, but also have that social um, element and things to keep them motivated and are motivated by being social and to have, have that group and class environment. Um, so I'm fascinated by that. I actually should get a Peloton so I can, so I can test it out, but it's so hard cause I live like three blocks from a soul cycle. So mm. <laughs> I'm very torn <laughs> by like, Oh, I have this real world option that a lot of folks, you know, a lot of people don't have that option, but I think the potential to have sort of like real time fitness, um, stuff is really, really interesting. There was an app I tried recently called Gixo, G-I-X-O. I think that's how it's spelled. Yeah. And they did, they do a similar thing, which is sort of you put in your headphones and you have this live class that happens at a certain time and there's like an instructor and they can hear you and you can like interact with it. It's super fascinating. And I, I don't think we've seen like the final version of this type of fitness yet. Cause I don't know if it's just an exercise bike, um, or if it's more free form or, sort of what what shape that's going to take but I think sort of like virtual fitness to me is super fascinating yeah I it's tying into that augmented reality fitness I don't know what mm-hmm. it, you'd even call it like it's like it's not it's not like you're seeing things that aren't there but it's like this real time it reminds me of like HQ trivia having sort of like real time video and interaction I think that is one of the most compelling use cases for that is fitness 
Yeah, yeah, I can, I, I definitely can imagine that. And I, I do remember speaking of HQ when, like, it went, I remember when I launched my product on, and it was like this huge deal, and, and none of my family ever heard of it or was using it. And then just this past Thanksgiving, I was kind of, I wasn't playing much anymore, and all of my family was just all, all. Oh, uh, my family was into it last year, so I don't know. Maybe they're in like a different wave of adoption. Uh, yeah, they they're more on the the late adopter. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's yeah. only been a year, so maybe it's a late adopter. I don't know. But I thought it was kind of fun. But because they were all extremely engaged and that model, uh, like I fully agree with you in the model of kind of real time interaction, like real time validation, it does, there is something there 100%. It's just we'll see what companies take that and run as far as they can with it. Yeah, I'm just so impressed that the technology is there and we have sort of the bandwidth to sort of run run those kind of applications. Uh, it's funny, my whole family was really into AirPods this Christmas. That was I was going to ask about them. Yeah, like, tell me, what are, your, what are your thoughts on, do you know much about the AirPod, like future AirPod APIs, or what are some of the use cases that you think can come from the AirPods? That was going to be my next question, because it's like, it's just a little speaker and a microphone in your ear. Like, what are some things you can, like, do with that in the future? I can only, I can't imagine. How- right, so, so I can tell you sort of what you can do now, because um, I work pretty closely with the APIs. So AirPlay 2 is the, the latest like spec and standard. Um, and then for Apple specific like building apps, you have some control over if the user taps the headphones, what, what sort of action to take there. And you can respond to those events differently. So technically I could probably like override these and do things you don't expect, but Breaker does the typical stuff like skip ahead, skip back, play, pause. Um, but there is some sort of like, you can play with that interactivity. Um, what other kind of actions do you think there might be in the future? To be honest, I don't know. I think it'd be cool if they added other types of input um, or different ways that you could interact with them. Um, yeah, I, I know that people do like actually touching the AirPod as opposed to like necessarily using Siri. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see where they go as well. I'm excited for the next generation. I can't believe there's only been one generation of AirPods so far. I want my colored AirPods. and. <laughs> <laughs> what color would you pick? What, what color would you choose? Oh God, I don't know. I, I always try and pick against the grain. So lately I've been getting like just the plain silver iPhone, which everyone's like, why would you get that? And I'm like, I don't know. Cause no one else has it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so whatever color is the least popular, maybe I'll just stick with white. Everyone will get colors. I'll be like, ah, I'll just keep the white ones. Yeah. It's like uh, one step ahead of the grain. Yeah. That's, that, that's funny. Yeah. I, I kind of, uh, I think it'd be interesting if one day, I don't know if Apple would ever do anything like this, but I could just picture a future where like, I don't know, the AirPods integrate with Zapier or something. And you want to like send a postcard to your grandma. You're just like, tap it. You say what you want to say. Then you tap it three times and then boom, sends to, sends to grandma. Like, I don't know. I think just the power of having that flexibility of, of, of multi-touch in your ear and a speaker and a microphone. I'm, I'm fascinated to see what will happen in the next decade, the next hundred years, how far those will go. I think it's a great product. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited. All right. Well, cool. So I, I have two more questions. The, the, the second to last question is, how do you think that, like, in this in this future, when you were talking about when more people listening to podcasts and you said you were listening to podcasts, when you're doing your laundry and you think they're just it's only the beginning, um, let's assume that that people continue to listen to to podcasts and that number goes up every single year. How do you think, like, like if, if in if in 2025, like a hundred million people in um, in the country in America were listening to podcasts, or 150 million, whatever a giant number would be, 
what it, like how how do you think breaker could could capitalize on that or like ride that wave or what could you imagine if that was the case in five years ten years from now like how, how, what does breaker look like then yeah well our big goal for breaker is for breaker to be everywhere right so everywhere that you're listening to podcasts you're listening via breaker um we are working pretty hard towards that goal we're not we're not quite there yet but i think we want to help um, grow podcasting and make it become this big thing. I think it's a little bit chicken and egg, right? Like some of the work, you know, we're doing a little bit of the heavy lifting to sort of get, bring it, bring podcasting to the mainstream and vice versa. We're hoping a little bit that sort of some of the help from both the content side and the hardware side will also help, um, bring it mainstream, but we're, we're very aware and very careful to think about, um, how people will interact with, audio uh in the future and, and we're hoping you know everything everything podcasting is breaker in that future oh yeah absolutely i love that so then what, what, i mean as we're talking today you you have these thoughts on on what the future of audio and podcasting will be and you want that to all be on breaker you're pretty much building the future that that you see is going to going to happen to all of us so for anyone listening who's 14 2384 whatever the age is if they're if they're eager to, to build the future and take an idea out of their head and, and build something that's going to impact hundreds thousands or millions of people what advice would you give to them to help to help them get started on their path to building the future the only advice I can really have is to get out there and do it um, don't let anyone discourage you um, just keep in mind that you can build anything so I've, I've always been super thankful um, that, you know, I learned how to write code. I learned how to program. I learned how to build apps. Um, and I feel like, you know, I have this superpower. Like I can sort of, someone can tell me an idea. Oh, I know how to do that. Like, oh, I can build that. It takes time and work and effort. Um, but on the same, you know, I'm, I'm a very optimistic person. I'm always saying, oh, yeah, that's possible. We can do that. And I think keeping an open mind and thinking about what's possible instead of what's not instead of thinking like what isn't happening now, thinking about what could be possible in the future. So I love questions about where do you see things going in the future? And and I'm happy to admit, I have no idea, but I'm excited, <laughs> excited to get there. And I'm excited um, to see what, you know, the next generation of people, the next generation of makers, the next projects um, that become popular, the next big companies. I love seeing what those are. And I'm, I'm always very optimistic and hopeful and never, nothing is ever done right? People always say, oh, social is done. There'll never be another social app because there's Facebook. And that's just not true. Like I would bet in 10 years, there'll be a bigger social app than Facebook. Um, I don't know if I would have said that 10 years ago, but today Facebook's not doing great, right? Like there is opportunity um, and there's opportunity in different areas um, to become quite popular uh, and become the next big thing. I think there's always, I think it's a good thing that there's this turnover, um, of different sort of generations of applications and every generation I think is better than the next. So I'm really excited. All right, everyone, you heard it from Leah first. So if you want to build the future, that's exactly what you do. You just, <laughs> just get, get at, started. <laughs> you, get at, you get after it and you don't let people sway your opinion. I love it. It is a um, great view. And I hope that one of you, at least one of you listening goes out and gets after it. So Leah, thanks for being on the podcast. I really appreciate forward thinkers like you coming on and telling us about your visions of the future and how you're building breaker and, and everything of that sort. And if you're listening to this podcast, 
thank you for tuning in. I look forward to present, uh, giving you episodes for as long as I can and bringing you great guests on Just Like Leah. So with that said, hope you all have a great day.